Luke 7, verse number 1. Now when he concluded all these sayings, in the hearing of the people he entered into Capernaum, and a certain centurion's servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, he sent the elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying, the one, whom, the one from whom he should do this is well-deserving, for he loves our nation, and he built a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was already not so far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I didn't even think of myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does this. And when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such faith, not even in Israel. And those who were sent returned to the house, found the servant well who had been sick. Lord, add the preaching to your word, add the anointing to the preaching of the word tonight. I pray that everything that's said and done, Lord, would always bring you the glory. And everyone shouted a great big amen. You know, when it comes to our Christian life, one of the very most important things that we all have to decide is a very, something very simple, and that is, do you really trust God? Do you really believe God? I mean, I could preach and preach and preach and preach and tell you how wonderful God is. I can tell you the marvelous things that God has done in the Scriptures. I can even preach with all of my energy, with all of my strength, to try to convince you that God really does want to do things and work in your life. And I do do that every week. I try my best to preach the word to you. But it really comes down to your personal relationship with Jesus. And the question that all of us have to answer is, do I really believe God? Do I really have faith in God? And if I have faith in God, what does faith look like? Have you ever thought about that? What does faith look like? I mean, if you believe in God and you trust God, then what does faith look like? You see, the writer tells us in the book of James that without faith, without works, faith without works is dead. In other words, James said, there has to be a visible evidence of your faith in your life. Just to say you have faith is not enough. Just to raise your hands in church and say, I believe in God, that is not enough. James says, without, without works, your faith is dead. In other words, James is telling us in his epistle that there has to be a visible evidence of your faith. Is there something visible in your life to indicate the faith is really working? Boy, that was a mouthful right there. Is there anything visible in your life that is showing that your faith is really working? And if it is, then what does it look like? What does faith really look like well we come to this story tonight and the story i just read to you will demonstrate to us what real faith looks like and it's very important that we listen to what i have to tell you tonight because in this scripture 
it gives us the key to what real faith truly is. And all of us love God. All of us want to please God. All of us should have active faith in our life. The question is, is what does it look like? And how do I know I got it? Well, in this story tonight, it will tell us what faith is, and it will tell us what true faith and real faith really looks like. The Bible tells us that the Jewish leaders came to Jesus in behalf of a Roman centurion. And these Jewish leaders came to Jesus and said, Jesus, there is a Roman centurion who loves our nation. He has built us a synagogue, but he's in need. He has a servant. He has a slave. He's sick. And Jesus, he sent us to ask you, will you come and heal his servant? Now, did you get the story? The centurion never came to Jesus. The Jewish religious leaders came to Jesus and said, Jesus, this Roman centurion loves our nation. He's built us a church. He's well-deserving. Do you think you can go to his house and heal him, heal his boy that's sick? Now, did we get the story? Nowhere did the Roman centurion come to Jesus. Somebody came on his behalf. These Jewish leaders came on his behalf and said, this man loves our nation, this man has built a church, and he's well-deserving, so do you think, Jesus, you can come to his house and heal the boy, his boy that is sick? And then the Bible says that as Jesus was on his way to his house, the centurion said, he sent some other friends. And those friends came to Jesus and said, Jesus, stop. The Roman centurion said, you don't have to go to his house. Just speak the word, and he believes that whatever you speak, his servant will be healed. Now, that story is intriguing to me. Because in that story, it tells us of great faith. Now, what I want you to see in this story is this. It's very clear. This man is a Roman. Now, get this. Don't lose me. This man is a Roman. He is not a Jew. He sends word to Jesus to come and heal his servant. The Jewish leader says, you know, Jesus, he's well-deserving. He's a good man. You should really, you know, come and heal his servant. This Roman centurion sent word to Jesus to come and heal his boy. He doesn't know what the Lord will do. The Roman centurion does not know what the Lord will do. He just sent the word. He is just asking a question. He sent for Jesus, expecting Jesus to say yes, but this Roman centurion was prepared for a no. Because he's asking a question. He's sending leaders to go find out if Jesus will come to his house. The leaders are saying, he's a good man, and he's built a synagogue, so, you know, I think you probably should go to his house because he's a good man and heal his servant. This Roman centurion sent word to Jesus, but yes, this Roman centurion was also prepared for a no. This Roman centurion didn't know what Jesus was going to say. He heard about Jesus. 
He knew that Jesus could heal the sick, and this Roman centurion was just sending a word. He was just asking a question through these Jewish leaders. Will you ask Jesus to come and heal my servant? This Roman centurion was expecting Jesus to say yes, but this Roman centurion, I'm sure, was prepared for a no from Jesus. How do I know that? He's a Roman. He's not in covenant with God. He's not the child of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm sure the Roman centurion, he just sent the word. He says, listen, ask, but it's okay if he doesn't come. Just go ask him. You know why I think that's important? Because number one, number one, real faith expects a yes, but it also can endure a no. Boy, that was a mouthful right there. I'm going to say that again. Can I say that again? Real faith expects a yes, but it also can endure a no. Sometimes following Jesus, we want a yes from the Lord. But some of us give up on the Lord when it is a no. Some of us throw in the towel. Some of us is like, I'm not going to believe God anymore. I tried it and it didn't work. Because what you are simply saying is, God, I want you to do it my way. But you know what this Roman centurion is saying? I want God to come and heal my servant, but if he doesn't come, it's okay anyway, because he is still Jesus, the Son of God. Real faith expects a yes, but real faith can also handle a no. And is there anybody in the building is strong enough to handle a no from God. Boy, that, can I just say that again? Is there anybody in the building that can handle a no from God? I'm going to say that again. Is there anybody in the building that can handle a no from God? Can you handle a no from God and still serve him? Can you handle a no from God and still love him? Can you handle a no from God and still give and worship and help? Can you endure a no? This Roman centurion sent the word, come and heal my servant. But he did not know what Jesus was going to say because he's a Roman. And real faith wants a yes, but real faith is prepared for a no. Somebody say, praise God. Now the Bible says, I feel a little excited in the building. Can somebody wave your hand and say amen, preacher? The Bible says in verse number 6, look at it. Luke chapter 10 and verse number 6. Luke chapter, no, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 7, verse number 6. Luke 7, verse 6, look at it. Luke 7, verse number 6. Then Jesus went with them. So Jesus is coming to his house, right? And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him saying, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I'm not worthy that you should enter my roof. Therefore, I do not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. Now get this, get this. After the Roman centurion he is the one that sent the word for Jesus to come to his house. So Jesus 
decides to come to his house. And Jesus is on his way to the house, and guess what? The Roman centurion changed his mind. Did he not? Let me, let me just rehearse this. The Roman centurion sent word for Jesus to come to his house to heal his servant. When Jesus agreed to come to his house, the Roman centurion sent other people and said, Hold on! Tell Jesus not to come. Tell Jesus, I ain't worthy. He don't need to come to my house. Just speak the word. And I thought about that. You know what real faith is? You know what that Roman centurion is teaching us? Lord, oh, I'm about to get excited. The Roman centurion's thinking, in order for my servant to be healed, Jesus has to be present to lay hands on him and heal him. But then the Roman centurion woke up and said, no, no, no. Real faith is, you don't got to do it my way just as long as you get it done. So number two, number two, you don't have to do it my way just as long as you get it done, Jesus. That's what real faith is. Real faith, real faith is you don't have to do it my way just as long as you get it done. You see, this Roman centurion said, listen, don't come to my house. You don't have to come to my house. You don't have to do it the way I want it done. I know you're Jesus. I know you can heal, and you can heal wherever you're at and whatever you're doing, so you don't have to do it my way. You know what real faith is? Real faith is trusting God that you don't have to do it the way I want it done as long as you get it done, Lord. That's what real faith is. Real faith is you don't have to do it my way just as long as, Lord, you get it done. And that is why the Roman centurion said, listen, stop, Jesus. You don't have to come to my house. You don't have to do it my way. See, my way is, I want you to come to my house. I changed my mind. You don't got to do it my way. I know you can be 30 miles away. You can just say something and my boy can get healed. You don't got to do it my way. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> now, you know what's interesting? This is what's interesting. Number one, real faith expects a yes, but it can endure a no. Number two, real faith. Real faith is saying, you don't got to do it my way. Lord, I know you can get the job done without me expecting you to do it my way. Now, what did the Roman centurion say? Now, don't lose me, church, because this gets good. The Roman centurion said, Lord, don't come to my house changing my mind. I'm unworthy. I don't even think you're worthy. I'm not even worthy, Jesus, for you to come to my house. But isn't it interesting, now get this, isn't it interesting that the Roman centurion said, I'm not worthy, but remember the few scriptures above that? The Jewish leader said, Jesus, you should come and heal a servant for he's deserving. He built a synagogue. He loves our nation. 
The Jewish people was saying good things about this Roman centurion. This man's a good man. I mean, this man built a synagogue. This man loves our nation. And yet, the Roman centurion sent the word and said, Hold on, Lord, I'm not worthy. Isn't it interesting that people praised him, but yet the Roman centurion knew he wasn't all that? Did you get me? Because we all know you've done some things on Friday night that you don't want nobody to know on Sunday morning. Yo, better say amen. This Roman centurion built a synagogue. This Roman centurion loved the nation. The Jews spoke highly of him. But the Roman centurion said, Lord, you know and I know I ain't worthy. You know I've done things they don't know I've done. I've said things they don't know I said. I went places they don't know I went. They're saying good things about me. They said I'm deserving, but Lord, you and I know I'm unworthy. Now, now get this. I thought about it. Number three. It's great faith. Don't lose me. It's great faith. Number three, when you can confess that you're unworthy and still ask for what you need. Boy, y'all should have been clapping right there. I'm going to say that again. It's great faith when you can confess that you are unworthy and still ask for what you need from the Lord. I'm going to say that again. It's great faith when you can confess that you're unworthy and still ask for what you need. That's great faith. This man said I'm unworthy, but hold on. But hold on. This man still asked for Jesus to heal his servant. See? Prayer is a right to a believer. Prayer is not a privilege. Prayer is a right. You see, your unworthiness does not prevent you from praying. Your unworthiness does not prevent you from asking. This man was still unworthy. He confessed it, but he still asked. How many of you feel unworthy and you don't ask anything of God? You don't come to church because you feel unworthy. Real faith is when you can confess, I am unworthy, but I'm still going to ask you for what I need. Hallelujah. But we do not have a great high priest which cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. It's great faith when you can confess you're unworthy and still ask for what you have need of. See that? This man said, I'm unworthy, but my baby still needs to be healed. 
that's a word to somebody. I deal with that a lot as pastor. I'm unworthy. I don't feel. Feelings are not facts. Boy, that was a mouthful. I'm going to say that again. Feelings are not facts. And let me just say this. You can't believe everything you think. Can I just say that again? You can't believe everything that goes on up here. Feelings are not that. And let me just say this. And just because you're offended doesn't mean you're right. Can somebody go ahead and say, preach on, preacher. Somehow, we think if we're mad and offended, we are right. Let me tell you, feelings are fickle. People will cuss you out on Saturday, and they'll ride the love boat on Saturday night and try to ride the lifeboat on Sunday morning. People are fickle. People say, Pastor, I'm with you all the way to the end. I love you, Pastor. You remember, you know, blah, 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 blah. But the moment you correct them, you're going to leave the church. Come on, somebody. Correction is for your direction. People are, y'all know why. How many knows I'm just telling the truth right here? Now, I know y'all think to yourself that there is somebody that needs to hear this. I know y'all. Just wink at me and tell me you know, you know, somebody needs to hear this sermon right here. Is this all right? It's great faith when I can confess I'm unworthy and I still can ask for what I need. Now, I'm going to close with this. Isn't it ironic? <laughs> this is so good. I mean, I tell you. I was reading this, and I just wanted to dance and shout. Because I tell you, it's revelation to me. I don't know about you all. Maybe you all were eating Fruit Loops this afternoon. But I was in the Word, and I got so excited when I was reading this, Sister Regina, because this is what happened. I never saw this before. Are you all ready for this? He said, Lord, don't come to my house. I'm unworthy. He said, he said just speak the Word, Lord. Because... I'm a man in authority. I say to one man, do this, and another man, do this, and another man, do this, and they do it just because I say it. So Jesus, whatever you say, it's going to be all right because I'm a man under authority. I know what that means. And isn't it ironic? Now let's just have a Bible study. When Jesus heard that, he turns around and says, I say to you, I've not even seen such great faith. This is the only time in Scripture Jesus praises somebody for great faith. In all the rest of the cases, is in negative terms. Oh, of little faith. Oh, faithless generation. But in this context, Jesus praised the man for great faith. Now, this is what's intriguing to me. He turns around, praises the man, and says, you have great faith. Right? And verse 10, And those who were sent returned to the house, found the servant well who had been sick. Now hold on, hold on, hold on. Y'all, I don't think y'all got this. The Roman centurion said, I'm a man under authority. If you speak the word, 
my boy will be healed. Jesus turns around and says, boy, this man has great faith. I'll say that again. The Roman centurion said, Jesus, I'm not coming to your house. You don't have to come to mine. Just speak the word and my servant will be healed. Jesus turns around and says, man, I like your faith. Nowhere does Jesus send a word that the boy is healed. Now hold on. Nowhere does Jesus turn around and say, go tell that Roman centurion his boy is healed. All Jesus said was, this man has great faith. So when they got to the house, the boy was already healed. Jesus, now hold on. Jesus never said, your boy is healed, but Jesus did speak the word. Real faith is this. You don't have to say what I want you to say, just as long, Lord, you say something. I, I, I just wish I had somebody to help me right here. Real faith is saying, you don't have to tell me what I want to hear, just as long as you speak the word. In other words, get this, whatever you say, Jesus, has authority. You don't have to say the words, your boy will be healed. Just your very words alone can heal my boy. What are you saying, Pastor? People come to church and say, I don't want to come to church because pastor ain't there, so I'm not going, you know, if, if he ain't preaching, come on, somebody. Or somebody will say, well, no, 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 no. You, real faith is, he or she may not be saying the things I want to hear, but as long as there's a word in the house. Did you hear me? You don't have to tell me what I want to heal. Some of you want to hear everything's going to be all right. Your boy's going to get healed. Your finances is going to be all right. And you get mad when you come to church because a preacher's preaching on tithing. And your marriage is falling apart. You come to church and you're living with the devil and the pastor gets up and preaches on something off the wall, and you're sitting there thinking, boy, if he only knew the need I had, if he would preach on real stuff, but what you don't understand, as long as there's a word going forth, it can bring healing in no matter the situation. It doesn't have to say what you want it to say. Nowhere did Jesus say your servant is healed. He just spoke a word. Because that word has authority and everything is under the word. Somebody say amen. Jesus said, I like your faith. <laughs> the word didn't say what he wanted to say, but there was still healing in the house. As long as the word's being preached, healing should take place. Come on, somebody. As long as the word's going forth, it can bring miracles. Real faith says, I may not even like what's being said, but if the word's being preached, any word from the word will still work in my life. Did somebody say praise the Lord? And this man had great faith. What about it, folks? A man 
who expected a yes, but he can endure a no. That's great faith there. A man that had real faith because he understood, you don't have to do it my way. Just as long as, Lord, you get it done. You don't even have to come to my house. You don't have to do it my way because I know you can get it done. Number three, it's great faith when you can confess you're unworthy and still ask the Lord for what you have need of. And number four, it's great faith to believe in the Word and not just the Word you want. You hear me? That's great faith, is to believe in the Word of God. Hallelujah. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I've been in church services where I didn't really like anything that was going on, to tell you the truth. I thought the preacher couldn't preach out of a wet paper bag. I thought the people were selfish and unfriendly. I thought that if I had to go to this church, it would be my last Sunday here. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But I sat there, and something was said in the service, a word that was said, not a word I was expecting, but a word that changed my life forever. You see, you don't remember days. You remember moments. In moments like those, a word change your life forever. Amen. Did you enjoy the word today? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word today. Thank you that we can say yes to you and still experience a no. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you, Father, for your word. Those of us that's experienced to know, I thank you, Father, that you're strengthening our faith. In Jesus' name.